You are listening to the Savage Fincast Retro, Episode 19, Savage Dragon, 10 and 11. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast, the podcast that mysteriously disappeared to never be heard from again. I'm Raven Perez. I am Jim Purcell. I'm Craig Olson. And this uh, is the Savage Fincast podcast dedicated to all things Eric Larson, Savage Dragon, etc. Except you're listening to a Fincast retro where we go back to the past to read the fucking issues that kick ass and then how it goes jim <laughs> the well, fucking issues to, that kick ass to read the shit no it's, pl- it's play the shitty, shitty right? play the shitty games that suck ass <laughs> we're gonna take <laughs> you back to the past anyway we, we're reading these old savage dragon issues because they're so great and uh yeah i think we got like an all-timer here like we got a hall of famer issue to discuss today a classic Often demanded the return of will always How? always be denied. Yeah, one shot, really. one shot, Johnny. Mm-hmm. I, it, oddly enough, uh, you know, Jimbo to Mighty Lobster, you know, winner of the legendary create a character contest, uh, one and done character but goddamn has just sustained popularity through all the years i just i just want to say like you gotta I, wonder I, about that is it just because it's issue 10 it's still early days and so it imprinted the strongest i just think he's a funny character but he's also a kick-ass visual yeah absolutely it i mean i think he's c- cool too but you know i don't know if it's visual is as striking as all that it's those giant claws. It's those giant claws and the the toboggan and the the little Popeye pipe. Toot toot. <laughs> Plus, he beat the hell out of Dragon. Like he like you know stalemate. That's got to matter for something, right? Yeah, I suppose Plus that's true. Pattern. Ah, shut up. <laughs> it's the way he talked too. I'm tired. I'm fucking tired of hiding. So, I'm the toughest fucker around. I am. So, <laughs> long-time FinCast uh, listeners might be getting a little sense of deja vu. We did, in fact, talk about issue 10 of Savage Dragon way... Not actually as far back as I thought, in episode 76, where we basically did a whole uh, episode about it because I believe Craig was away, and so Raven and me had to wing it. And so we mm-hmm. won- wung it, we did. But mm-hmm. it was before we established the retros, so yes, we kind of uh, were just picking favorite issues, right? Correct. Uh, yep. So the main thing, you know, the main thing, the main thrust of issue 10, as it was, uh, is that it was the culmination of Eric's character contest, uh, reader character contest, where right. pe- people sub- submitted their character ideas, and Eric picked the best one. Uh, to make it into the pages of Savage Dragon, and it was and, the, and, it, and it was the worst thing that ever happened. <laughs> we should, uh, yeah, just like for context, uh, like so. Basically, this was really like a huge uh, labor. Uh, a lot of stuff came out of this. Like it took forever. It was just Eric and Josh Icorn. Uh They were the only people that had to deal with all these. There were apparently thousands of submissions and there were people who you know got mad that Jimbo was picked because they thought he was a fucking joke 
there were people who accused Eric of ripping them off. And that's really like, the big problem at the end of the day is by having all these people send in their characters, it really created issues when Eric wanted to like do something even remotely similar because people could immediately scream rip-off, theft. It just opens you up way too much to, uh, to accusations. Is right. And, and it never happened again. And I got to say, that's probably the reason why. And the thing like, is, oh, it's definitely. I, I don't know if I've told this story before, uh, but there's actually a similar situation with uh, Kurt Busiek on Thunderbolts at Marvel uh, mm-hmm. in like the late 90s. They did mm-hmm. a, they did a, uh, a reader character contest, and there was a character, I believe, if it was a flame-based character called Cinder. Uh, it got in the comic, and then just became a problem because I, I don't know the exact situation, but who the kid, the, whoever created it got pissy about something, and so the <laughs> character was also never used again. It was another case of a character creation contest with a character that only appeared one time because it became an issue later. Right. Um... Hey man, you know, look, I I just got to say that like uh I think that this is the perfect example though for all the for all the controversy like uh I'm incredibly thankful that this contest happened. It gave us an incredibly memorable and iconic character for Savage Dragon. I think people who don't even fucking read Savage Dragon know Jimbo is what's so weird. <laughs> and uh even like I think this is the perfect example, the perfect story uh, of like sort of how like maybe people felt versus how they ended up with Jimbo is a uh, legendary Savage Dragon contributor Chris Burnham. You may know him from Die Die Die. Uh, he said that at the time he was pissed because he submitted a character and it didn't win, but he realizes now, like all these years later, that Eric absolutely made the right choice because people still love Jimbo after all these years. They still love Jimbo. In, when you look at a lot of um, the entries, so there's some in the back of this issue, and then like for the next couple of months, he loaded up, you know, his different highbrow uh, titles with. Uh, in the letters pages, he would put you know different entries in to show you what what kind of entries he got, but they're all very dated to like the extreme era and they're very like over the top 90s and I feel like Jimbo has got more of an iconic look that's not tied down to maybe the 90s necessarily you know what I mean like he could come out today and he wouldn't look so 90s stylized 100% Uh, you're 100% right I think Eric even kind of like pokes fun at that in the letters column saying that he had to like you know basically just like decline like a huge number of like quote unquote gun toting loners and I was like oh you know he means extreme characters like you know Liefeldian you know inspired characters which would be so easy to choose then because that was at the peak you know yeah oh yeah yeah but uh I think the thing with this uh, Jimbo thing is that what, what's also helped it endure, and we touched upon, or I was, you know, t- sort of paying a little bit of tribute to that with my intro, is that the creator, Jason Merritt, has left the world a mystery. Like, you know, this social media age we live in, everyone's connected. Everybody can find everyone, you know, anybody like that has ever done anything, you can find a trace or a smidgen of them. And Jason Merritt, creator of Jimbo to Mighty Lobster, it just vanished into the ether. Like a right. ghost. The man's like a ghost. You can't find hide nor hair of him. Uh, the winner, Jason, received the cover art to issue 10, and he received 50 signed issues of number 10. There's no lot of those signed issues. You can't really find them. Nobody's seen the art for number 10 show up on an auction site. It's just like he hasn't shown up in any like forum or Facebook group or Twitter discussion. Like Jason has not emerged after all these years. Does Eric still have the cover to 10? I thought maybe he said that like he said said he checked and it's gone. Oh, did he? Yeah, he said he checked and it's gone, so it must have been mailed to Jason. So, so he, he, and we thought at one point at least signs seemed to, to point to he might have passed away. 
Yeah. Um, if you Google Jason Merritt in El Sobrante, California, which is where Jason was from, you do see a uh, sort of the top result is like a uh, death. Was it death certificate? That's not quite the way to say it. Obituary. It's like a, yeah, like an, yeah. A, an obit, right? Basically stating that there was this Jason Merritt in El Sobrante, California, that died in 1999. So this is. Uh, issue published in what 94 yeah yeah so only five years later and that also would have kept jason off of any form of social media i mean it just kind of makes sense is all it's a little bit of a grim well we've we've really tried to look for him pretty intensely for a few you know for a while for a couple of different a couple of different occasions right and we couldn't yeah. find anything like that would you know, you figure, like you said, most people are on social media or something, and even if they're not, there's other links or something. But just as an example, dear listener, of how the social media thing works, uh, the other contest in Savage Dragon, there's only really two that I can think of. Right? Was the appear in Savage Dragon, where you as a person appeared in Savage Dragon, and the guy that won that, and he only shows up in one panel, and he gets beat in a single punch. Uh, <laughs> You know, yeah, he says he says his name. He's like, it's time for you to face, you know, Joe Blow from Ohio. Uh, so, what was his name? Is it Warren something or? Well, we don't have to go into the details. The important yeah. part is that that guy showed up like uh, not him directly, but like we were sort of talking. We we're like, oh, man, you know, where's that guy? Is he like Jason Marriott? You know, is he gone? Yeah, like, did he die? Right. And his friend was in the Facebook group. He's like, nah, he just doesn't read Dragon. And the guy showed up, and he was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, oh, wow, well, cool. I guess he just moved on. But, like, with Jason, there's no, like, every finhead knows that, like, you know, we're looking for him. Like, where is this guy? And nothing, dude. Like, nothing at all. There's no lot of 50 signed number 10s. There's no cover art there's no friend of a friend that knew jason back in the day it's just it's a fucking mystery so i think that adds to the appeal of jimbo i think that that kind of like the mystery like the fact that he only showed up once and then never again right and isn't it ironic that some of the characters the like runner-ups that eric ran the uh art of isn't it ironic that like those guys did go on to like you know show up and do things with their characters like that arachnus that went on to become a comic did it really yeah i don't remember that yeah i'm pretty sure problem child did too and i think that uh, crimson spade i'd be real surprised if that isn't the same dan mendoza that did uh, zombie tramp <laughs> i think yeah and you hear stories it's just a lot of current pros that that did enter or semi-pros i I will say the prick seems like a savage dragon character (laughs) so uh we got to talk about this issue we don't do in these uh, retros guys we don't do the uh issue by issue but it's there's some things that we we must comment on we especially got to talk about uh cut cutthroat in his in his cast yes every every time i see it I just, I love it. I love, I love it. how straight his leg is made by this insane cast. <laughs> this tube cast. Yeah. I've never I've never seen a cast like this in my life. No. <laughs> but uh, there's something else going on in this issue. Uh, it's, uh, this is an experiment issue. Lots of shadows. Yeah, it's almost like... Frank Miller-esque of the Dark Inks. I love it. Um, I think it's awesome, too. I think it's really cool. I love all the colors. Like, my oh, this, the scene that you're talking about with Cutthroat, where, again, I love these early Savage Dragon comics where the Vicious Circle were really, really menacing. I mean, there's lots of slaughtered, like, civilian victims. Mm-hmm. And you just get this idea that the Vicious Circle is just... Do not mess with, you know, I mean, don't screw with them. They're just killing people regard, you know, with yeah. no regard. 
it, it does it, seem it looks like, like a horror movie. It does seem like there there's there's less vicious in the vicious circle sometimes these days, or maybe there's just not enough pages to dedicate enough time to really establishing how threatening they actually are. I'll tell you what I feel the change is, is that the Vicious Circle went kind of big-time superhero type. Yeah. Yeah. Villain, whereas, I think as Craig is indicating, in these early issues, they're just, like, roughing up dudes in a store. Yeah, it's, pro- it's, a, pro- it's a protection racket. It's still basically mob mentality. Right. Uh, it's just they're superhuman, so you don't fuck with them uh, at all. Right. I love Cutthroat. I mean, at this point, he, he's pretty well known to the readers. I mean, we're only on issue 10, and Cutthroat's been, it seems like, in half the issues. And I love, like you were saying, it with the cast, just that Eric's showing, like, all right, you know, he's back, and he's all he's still beat up from his last fight. It's such a great callback um, of having that broken leg. But what gets me on these pages that I really love about him is just the coloring. Like, you know, the lights are kind of off in the store. It gives you that creepy vibe. And mm-hmm. all you see is the red glow from the outside. I love that. And, you know, and mixed with all the shadow use in this, mm-hmm. it just looks so badass. It's also a nice contrast because Cutthroat hasn't healed and Dragon grew an entire goddamn hand back. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it, you're right. I mean, it's a good, it gives you a good feel of time. Right. But By I, the way. I just, I yeah. do want to. I do want to like sort of just use this moment where we're talking about healing. Uh, in the letters column, Erica confirms that quote unquote the hand healing took roughly four to five weeks, and I was like, oh, that's convenient for an issue. It's just like you know, from month to month. <laughs> right. <laughs> At any rate, keep going. It's like real time in effect, right there. Hmm. Yeah, I agree with you, dude. The lighting uh, on that uh, cutthroat sequence is fucking fantastic. Um, it's really good, really moody. It's like a sunset showdown. It's cool. Just the the, the panel where Dragon shows up first time, like the you know first panel on the one page where he's behind Cutthroat. Like it, you can just envision him just kind of strolling in there. You know what I mean? Like it just mm-hmm. seems like an action movie. It's just cool. Mm-hmm. Very much so. I think, like, there's so much in this issue that's just, visu- like, a visual feast. Like, little things that get me, that 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 get to me, that... I shouldn't say get to me because it sounds bad, but, I mean, that really, like, just, I don't know. Strike maybe. a chord with you. Yeah, it's just, like, like Jimbo in the, you know, in the cargo hold of the plane. Like, you don't need to see much of the interior of the plane, but you know it's a massive plane on the inside. You see, like, the, you know, the cockpit... And it's just a few boxes. It's very simple, but it's very effective. Right. It's like I would never think to draw the interior of a plane like that. And it makes perfect sense. I mean, just like there's so much good stuff going on with these, like, this heavy use of shadow and black. Like, even Rapture, we're just like, uh, you know, yes, yes, I've been going to talk about the nipples. Or any issue. It's, in- it's infamous, that panel. <laughs> it is. But also, too, like, you know, again, just the way, like, he put the shadow, the hard shadow on, like, the, you know, the boob. And then, like, the her whole, like, left half, though. It's broad daylight. But, like, her leg, her arm, like, half side yeah. of her face is all bathed in shadow. It looks good. It looks so cool. Right. Yeah, I think it's a fucking success. I think this experiment was just a success from hell, like... Very cool. Like, the way the city is all lit up and Jimbo's in, like, shadow, you know, and Dragon's coming, like, ooh, it's so good. It's so cool. I love the, the scene with the cops, so you kind of get to learn more about Bull. Like, I love, that's another thing I loved about the early issues, the characterization of all the cops. And you get a cop like Bull is all kind of scarred up, and it's like, you don't you don't get long, kind of, a long discussion with these guys, but just based on their physical appearance and the little that they say, he just characterizes them very well. Mm-hmm. You, know, you get Phil there in Bull, and it's just, uh, it, it was just a fun time to learn about all the different cops. Yeah, they're continuing the whole mystery of uh, where's Frank. You know, Frank got, uh, just to refresh your memory, listener, because it has been a while, Frank... Uh, 
went up into uh, the Overlord's Tower, then got completely disintegrated, but then we saw him on a fucking plane. So, kind of, you know, as a reader at this point, the mystery, the plot is thickening. So that's what's cool is this Jimbo issue is mostly a fight. Like, it's just a big old fight showcase. But we're still getting all kinds of meaty little, like, you know, narrative stuff going on here, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I want to say uh, shout-outs to my man Jimbo for throwing a building at Dragon a good, what, like, decade and a half before... Uh, <laughs> what's the guy who threw the building at Malcolm? I don't oh. recall. I think the it's two tone guy. Two tone, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, oh, tantrum. No, no, his name. Not tantrum. Tan- uh, no, no, not not tantrum. The other one, uh, torment. 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 Yes. Torment. Yep. Yeah. Look at him. He's throwing a fucking building. Definitely. Uh, you know, Eric got better at drawing that. <laughs> at a building being thrown. It's just yeah. a panel here. It's a double page splash in the other one. I do think ultimately it's a little disappointing that Dragon took a dive rather than have a conclusive finish. I think it's a little cheap to the creator of Jimbo. I think he, it was nice. Yeah. That he couldn't dominate. Well, I think it was nice uh, that like he just sort of like said, hey, this dude's like on par with Dragon, you know? Right. I suppose that's true. I guess it does imply their equalness. Yeah. I mean, they're not I, really I liked equal. It. Yeah. I, I liked I it too. It was, it was a great twist because you always expect these to be kind of a a battle where the the lead character wins, you know, and I just, you know, you don't expect Dragon to take a fall like that. I think it was a creative solution. I think that, like, and what's funny is, like Craig said, like, it's not the kind of thing, like, you expect Dragon to be, like, come up with some way to beat Jimbo. Like, oh, you know, maybe if I, you know, lobsters don't do well in cold. Maybe if I freeze him, you know, I'm just making shit up. (laughs) <laughs> or, or like he knocks him into a big vat of boiling butter or <laughs> something dumb. But it's like instead of like, you know, coming up with some like kind of like, oh, I must do this and I will win. Instead, he just like fucking lays down. <laughs> yeah, I think you can't forget either that this wasn't that far from the miniseries issue three where it's almost kind of the same situation of bad rock versus dragon. So it's got to be it's got to be a little bit different. Um, I must ask, because I asked uh, Jim when me and him were doing our review of this issue, uh, Craig, when you read Jimbo's dialogue, how does it sound? Who can you equate him to? How does it sound in your head? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I sound when I read it, it's just like kind of maybe like a New York accent or something like that. Like a. I don't recall what I said, but I I hear uh, Bilbo, uh, not Bilbo, uh, Billo. How do you pronounce his name? The Superman supporting character. I don't know if you ever watched the the Superman animated series in the nineties. Oh, I I didn't. Mm-hmm. I missed it. But uh, there's a great series. Yeah. You mean the Bruce Tim one? Yeah, the Bruce Tim one. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I, do I don't like know the, if I recall though. But yes, New Yorker, sort of like. Yeah, I think of like a Ben Grimm or something. Yeah, only he swears more. I said Mickey right. from Rocky. Yeah, yeah, actually, that's a good one. <laughs> you fucking got it. I fucking beat him. <laughs> <laughs> so Come on, Rock. So, so has Dragon has has Eric ever really drawn Dragon as big and as green as in that panel where he's like getting up saying let him. And he's fucking hulking. He is huge in that panel. I don't know. I mean, have you seen Savage Dragon one half? <laughs> the cover of that? He is wide, yeah. Goddamn massive. And what's funny is, even in this issue, when he's, like, uh, talking to Nurse Anne, I mean, get a load of him straightening up his tie in that panel. First yeah. panel. Opposite of Rapture Nipple page of Infamy. He's fucking giant already. Like, look at him, like, grabbing his tie. With oh, his, yeah, yeah. yeah. His bice- I mean, biceps are sticking way out. It's crazy when you think about, like, what he looked like in the miniseries. He was kind of just a regular build. And, like, how, you know, Eric's still trying to, like, find his look, you know? 
and how he gets pretty massive, and he fluctuates all over the place. I well, feel well like. even the, the bottom of that page where uh, you see him uh, in the final panel, there he has kind of a small head, so he looks massive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, funny boy should mention it. Uh, somebody within the space of these issues we're reviewing, I think it's actually Freak Force letter. So apologize for the bleed over. But somebody asks, they're like, you know, dude, like, did, did you make Dragon huge all of a sudden? And Eric <laughs> tells him, he's like, he's like, yeah, I, I did. He's like, he, the thing is, is that he's like, Dragon is supposed to be larger than any, it's his standard answer. He said, Dragon's supposed to be larger than any human could ever be. Right. And he said, and people just kept drawing their characters huger and huger, so he had to draw <laughs> Dragon huger. So it's already begun, and somebody already noticed it within, like, this issue. But I feel well, like it's this pretty is... hard not to notice, though. It's like, you know, he was like, it seemed like he was just kind of like an Arnold Schwarzenegger guy in the, the the miniseries, you know? Or Sylvester Stallone size guy. I mean, I, I, I mean, ballooning. Dragon is like a triangle shape, but he's not like super wide. He's like a green Dorito. Yeah. Uh, so I think we should. What, what else we got to say about this issue? Not well, too we much. Talk about Jimbo. We talked about nipples. We talked about the leg cast. What else we got here? The fiend. Is this the first appearance of fiend? Yeah. Yeah. I also think it's the first appearance of Mace. It's, I think it's the first appearance yeah. of R. R. Richards, isn't it? Possibly also. Probably. Yeah. Many yeah. firsts. Many firsts. Um, I, I also. Love, um, go ahead. Oops. Go ahead. No. No. You go. No. You go. I said we we reviewed this. You go. And the only other thing I was going to say is is this. This is kind of like the reveal that Frank is still alive, right? That's what I was going to say. Know? Okay. All right. I didn't want to steal it from you. That's why I said you go. And he's no, at, no, no, dude. And he has a I babe. Love, and, and the birth of Frank Jr. Yeah, yeah. I love how Eric doesn't give us the satisfaction of showing us Frank's face. Like, right. it's like, it's got to be him, right? You know? No, it's our, our Richard. Kind of the side. Yeah. Th- thrill me um, is so 90s, dude. Yeah, I love that too. It's so cocky. Throw me. Throw me. <laughs> I'm gonna answer the phone that way from now on. Throw me. Throw me. It's your dime. Start talking. <laughs> I love when we get to see uh Jason's actual art. Yep. Which I think is pretty good. Yeah. Not bad. I, I, I agree. I like um, Shut up. <laughs> I, I want to uh, I want us to take note of this dog, this cartoon dog, only because uh, I didn't realize that there was more art of this cartoon dog because I never read Freak Force, and oh the whole like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> so I just wasn't prepared for that was all. I, I've seen this cartoon dog and it's stuck in my memory as being exceptionally professional. Yes. I was like, that is a really professional cartoon dog. Ultra Dog, Greg. Greg, you should have done something with Ultra Dog. He really stuck with me. Uh, but then when we see the hole punched through Dragon, I was like, God damn, what? <laughs> it's, hmm. it's not. I also think the old man uh, is shockingly well done. Like, it's kind of <laughs> like. <laughs> I kind of like the pyramid guy. He looks like a muscle figure. I do too, dude. I like him a lot. <laughs> And I don't mean ironically either. I mean, I think he's awesome. Wait, which one's the pyramid guy? Oh, that Look, guy. No. <laughs> yeah. Look at way down in the little cutout box. Oh, him. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> him and uh, pir- uh, Pyramid Man. Child, the werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> so good. The problem child werewolf guy looks like Sam Keith to me. Um, he looks like the fucking, uh, yes, definitely Sam Keith, but like, who was the uh, artist that drew Dragon all like fucking crazy looking? Like standing on the heap of bullets. Oh, I have no uh, idea. John Cleary. Cleary, John Cleary, yeah, dude. Yes, yes. Goddamn. So, so on. This, uh, this blue dude, what is his name? The Fly Slayer? Like, <laughs> what the hell? Why is he the Fly Slayer? Who knows? Yes, um, this is pretty meaty back matter too. We get to see a picture of dung. Yes, we get to be the real dung. Bidet. 
<laughs> UI. UI. <laughs> Oi. Hey. <laughs> it's, it's weird that I am uh, older than Eric when this was published. Yeah, you look at, you know, he's 31 here, and it's like, what? Seems like such a baby. But so, when so, I was reading this, it seems so old. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how that works, isn't it? Oh, Yo, crazy. take note, he likes Amy Mann. That's going to be important <laughs> in a minute. So I guess for the listeners who, you know, obviously we don't have a video showing this, but we're looking at the last couple of pages where... I don't, why is it called extremely obscene? Is that was that running through all the image comics? It's like two kind of in-house type. I mean, the name "extreme" uh, with the X makes me think it's Liefeld specifically, but right, that's why it's weird. So it's basically an Eric profile, kind of like they did in the Marvel comics, and then May releases for Highbrow, which mm-hmm. is not Highbrow yet, right? Yeah, not yet, no Highbrow yet. Yeah, we'll get to that very soon. So we see that the May releases, you know, Savage Dragon 10, which we're looking at, Freak Force 6, and Vanguard 6. They've been Jimboized. It's amazing how many, like, letters there are, too, on these early issues. Mm-hmm. Six I do, pages. I do want to say, as a kid, I was thrilled that, you you know, you could spell shit with, like, dollar sign, pound, <laughs> exclamation point plus it's like writing it's like, boob uh, right, writing boob on your calculator yeah yeah <laughs> just it felt naughty um there's some, the letters there's some, there's some dart fan art which I like to call farts <laughs> <laughs> well it is funny to think of like you know dragon and dart drawn in somewhat of romantic pose uh but definitely not. Never happened. My favorite thing is the picture of the kid trick-or-treating. <laughs> yes, he just dude. writes, trolling for babes. <laughs> you know, I actually don't have any notes for this. Like These are surprisingly uneventful letters. And yet, my one note, my one note for this is trolling for babes. <laughs> <laughs> we need to find Andrew Sprague. Be like, Andrew, it's time to come home. I, I do want to say that uh, it is kind of nice. Uh, yeah, we got Olav and we got Augie, but I'm pretty sure Christopher Majunkin's still reading. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep, pretty sure. Pretty sure we uh, interact with Chris on a regular basis. It's pretty cool. I don't about, have any notes for this, guys. So there's no real about, standout letters other than trolling for babes. There's someone named Joe L. and then in parentheses prostate. <laughs> What? <laughs> like his nickname is Prostate? Listen, these letters pages, the people writing letters, if, if, if people think that the world got weird with the internet, I've got some goddamn notes for the upcoming, like, yeah, Joe L. Prostate. I see it now. Holy cow. Yeah. I um, mean, like, back in, back in the 90s, of course, when all you had were the letter pages, they were frickin', a freaking, like, book worth all freaking letters every issue. In fact, this is like one of the first ones to go all the way to the back cover. Yeah. It's good, dude. It's, so it's good. many letters. I love it. Um, they're like yeah. a time capsule. Absolutely. It, and I do think that it's uh, worth noting that... Uh, nope, he doesn't say it here. Never mind, it just cuts right into a letter. Basically, uh, we'll get into what I was going to say in literally the next issue so never mind I do the only thing uh, yeah there was the note trolling for babes but also uh, Eric, I do have another note Eric promises uh, Chris McJunkin who has two letters in this one that uh, video games are coming oh he does promise <laughs> we're that. waiting yep they're coming guys <laughs> I wrote in my notes video games are coming lol of course we know all these years later that Eric doesn't give shit about video games and they are never coming they're <laughs> It's not coming. Let those dreams die. Liefeld and McFarlane must have been talking into his ear about the importance of branding. I wish they had talked harder. Hey, that was a good-ass issue. Before we move on, uh, just any closing thoughts you guys have? 
No, I, I think it's just memorable. I think the character's memorable. I think the you know it's one of the first kind of art experiments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of good first appearances and just the ending, like Eric tends to do, just always kind of just a, a good package. This is, feels like so much happens when not really that much does happen, you know? Um, because you have such a big brawl in the middle of the page, but in the middle of the book. But, you know, you get to meet Jimbo. You get this kind of, you know, match up again with Cutthroat. You get some backstory with Rapture, the main event with Jimbo, and then all these, like, extra reveals in the last couple of pages. Fiend, R.R. Richards, uh, you know, uh, what's his name, Mace, and, you know, the reappearance of, um, what's his name? Um, Shit, Frank. It's just, it's really packed in there. Yeah, dense. And it, and it doesn't feel like it's too much. Just yeah. just a good issue. Just really good, really good pacing. Yeah, I would, like I said, this is one of those all-timers. When me and Jim did this as a uh, backup, it was literally because we were just like, well, we got to do a standout issue. And, there, and then this was literally our go-to. Like, we went right to number 10 because we were like, well, it's just, it's an all-time issue, like, all these years later, like, you know, we're up to, like, what, 256 or something like right. that as of this recording. And, uh, yeah, issue 10, still a standout after all these years. I mean, not, you know, I mean, it's probably an easy target, but I feel like if something similar was done with an extreme book, it would be, like, 12 pages of a matchup and then, like, uh, you know, some other story in the back. You know what I mean? Like, I, yes, Eric was yeah. able to take this contest and make it into the book, and not the book just be about the matchup. You know what I mean? There's so much more in it, right? Uh, kind of like yeah. I got an example we can pick up on a not extreme thing. When Supreme fought Omni Man, just felt like a throwaway right. issue, basically. Right. Like, kind of like it was like, eh, you know, not much happened, and it's just like. It would have been real easy for Jimbo to just show up and that be the issue and nothing eventful happen. But like you said, it's jam-fucking-packed. It's dense. You get to spend time meeting the supporting cast in the police precinct, for crying out loud. Right. Effortless. Just saying, effortless, man. Eric makes it seem effortless. He juggled all that shit in there and had a kick-ass fight scene dominate most of the book and still it was dense right moving right along can anyone tell me why savage dragon issue number 11 would have the word savage dragon under the image eye i think it was back in the day when covering up the logo was considered dangerous ah that makes sense then Make sure you knew it was Savage Dragon and not not Savage. not some up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, he's not on the cover that what very well. You know, his face is hidden. It's, uh, it's, you wouldn't know it was him. Ask your local shopkeep, sir. I wish to, to to peruse the latest issue of Savage Dragon, and their hand just runs past it. I can't find it. I can't find it. Where's Savage Dragon? I see the Savage Doctor. <laughs> Savage Where Dur. Is- yeah, where is the Savage Dragon? I can't say. Oh, here it is. Under, thankfully, conveniently under the image eye. Whew. Crooked call, though. I bet you exactly that's why it's there. Yeah. Uh, uh, what do you guys think about uh, the Fiend? He's looking rather spawnly here. Uh, yeah, I, I always forget that he had this look. Because uh, I always imagine the Fiend being, like, the fiery, like, you know, fiery thing. And... Instead, here, of course, he's got that black leather look. Mm-hmm. And the lip leather look. Well, there's, yeah, there's, like, the entity. And then the the cool thing about the fiend is whenever he possesses somebody, he takes on, like, kind of a variant look, you know? Yeah, he's but got his cloudy look yeah. when he's just, like, a ghost. He, 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 good point about the spawn thing, though. He does sort of have the spawn cape thing. He's even got a skull. Mm-hmm. Little skulls. The little ribbons wrapped around the legs. Shred, shredded cape. But I, I do, so, you know, just being above board here, Fiend is probably my least favorite villain of the series. Really? Yeah. 
I can appreciate I I really can appreciate that, you know, he does change looks with each possession. That's kind of a nice, neat little eye catching thing, but he's definitely not my favorite and we can discuss it as we go, but just, Interesting. Yeah. All right, never was. I don't I just never was. Never I was I mean, we'll talk about it more, but I've always you know, I've always had an interest in the whole Debbie Harris plot line and how it kept, yeah. kept going. Uh, and the fiend mm-hmm. is part of that, so of course I just rat roll it all into that, and I enjoy it for that. I'll even say that I think the fiend's underutilized, and would like to see him more. So uh, we're gonna have boo. some good, yeah, we're gonna have some good back and forth. I do want to say, uh, you know, I do, we're not doing page by page on these retros. We never do, but I have to talk about these floating heads. I like it. I like it a lot. Again, these early days. You know, Eric's doing things, feeling his way around the issue. Floating head. Look at all these floating heads, dude. I love it. Yeah. And we get the John Day head in there. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, Doug has a chance with the girl with the mole over her lip. <laughs> she seems like she digs him. I'm just saying. Yeah, she's giving him eyes. Giving him eyes, dude. So is the fiend. Yeah. I like the visual. See, the thing to me is I think the Fiend's kind of a cool, weird visual, right? So, like, look at him, like, just sort of, like, squatting and coming up out of, like, uh, you know, his eyes. Yeah. That's kind of a weird, cool thing. And we talked about it in a FinCast uh, regular, not the FinCast retro, that Eric doesn't do supernatural stuff excessively, right? No, he, no, right. He almost avoids it most of the time, so it's weird that in, like, the first 50 issues there were, like, two major supernatural villains. Yeah. So that's why I kind of like it. That's why the Fiend's kind of a standout. Who's the other supernatural villain? Cadaver. Yep. Oh, Abner, right. Abner right, Cadaver. Right, right. Yeah, those are, I'd say, his two most magical type villains. Can I say I'm an idiot? Because I always knew Jerry Rivers was kind of a Geraldo knockoff. Right. Mm-hmm. But I never put two and two together. Like, Jerry, Geraldo, Rivers, Rivera. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> oh, is Jerry? Oh, is Geraldo like Jerry in Spanish? Yeah, it's close. I mean, Geraldo, Rivera, oh, Jerry. You taught me something Rivers. too. <laughs> I thought it was a parody. Like Gerald, of like, Geraldo. I, I guess I thought it was. Yeah, I, I don't know what Jerry I was thinking of, but I, I believe the Rivers part. That part makes sense. Well, let's yeah. put it in a context. Back in the when this came out, like there was a ton of those shows. Like I thought it was like Jerry Springer, and there, I thought that's where the Jerry came from, because he's all kind of like a yeah, Jerry yeah, Springer. yeah, yeah. He's like Jerry Springer plus. Uh, uh, there was Jerry Springer I, I think, and Ricky Lake. Well, Geraldo is like Gerald and Geraldo, right? I mean, it just seems to translate directly to Jerry Rivers to me. God, you're a genius if that's it, dude. You taught me something. I didn't know that at all. Uh, I am a genius. I don't know if I taught you anything. <laughs> Ooh, you smelly bastard. Um, you know you know what? I Knowing what we know, this is why I love doing these retros. How great is it that the very first guest absolutely nailed Dragon's Origin? That's Dilbert Dusseldorf, my friend. Is that him? <laughs> Dilbert Dusseldorf. Yeah. I don't know who he that is showed and why up that in, matters. He shows up in issue 46. Uh-huh. He's the one guy through this whole series that insists that Dragon's an alien and got it right. Uh, in issue 46, Frank goes to see him and is trying to find more clues to figure out where Dragon comes from. Mm-hmm. And he's like insistent that he's like an alien and Frank basically blows him off and he's like, come back when you get some hard evidence. <laughs> and then in 180, the aliens actually come in the form of the Tyranian invasion, and they mm-hmm. sever his head. <laughs> oh, okay. Goddamn deep cut, Craig. You're like a regular deep Gavin, cut. dude. Dilbert Dusseldorf. Well, rest in peace, Dilbert. You got it right. Like, you know, again, for listeners, probably every listener knows, but for a long time, Dragon's Origin was a mystery. Eric plays with it a ton in the beginning of the series and then not so much later on. Of course, we find out, you know, about Kerr and all that in the uh, Savage Dragon Zero image 10th anniversary reveal. But it's kind of funny 
to know that Dilbert Dusseldorf was 100% correct. Yeah, basically when we find out he's not Rodney, it doesn't right. really come up again until Kerr. Right, yeah. Yeah. How do you guys feel about Dragon's Amy Mann t-shirt? Well, what is Amy Mann? Well, last issue. Artist, musician. Yeah, last issue, it was listed in uh, Eric's likes. This yeah. issue, it's on the shirt. More important, how do you guys feel about Savage Dragon with no eyebrows? Not so bothered, you know? Which, I have to say, comes up quite a few times this issue. So he's getting rid of the old man eyebrows. No, they're still in there. I still see the feathered eyebrows. No highbrow, no eyebrow. <laughs> yeah. I like it better. I like Dragon better without, like, you know, the wispy... I forget who drew him with the wispy old man eyebrows, but, like, I don't like those wispy old man eyebrows. <laughs> the Andy Rooney eyebrows? You'll see him with eyebrows again in this issue. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then they, they come and go through this issue. It's kind of weird. Oh, I think it's because he's he's scowling, so it just mm-hmm. looks better. Because if you put the eyebrows in, it would just make his face more complicated. <laughs> I also so want to say that I feel like this might be more of a spawn... Uh, Spawn tribute parody, whatever you want to call it, than I my first blush reading. Oh, because of all the TV screens. Well, TV screens, but also look at the uh, colored letters. You know, yeah. a gift from God. Oh. Blah, hogwash. Spawn did that all the time. Oh. Yeah, it's a match made in hell on the opposite page, and it's kind of like Spawn had those letters, uh, like fucking like colorful like letters like crazy dragon not so much hmm. so i feel like there might be a little bit more of a nod slash parody whatever you want to say i love um <laughs> the tv that uh bonnie uh what's her name uh bonnie harris debbie's mom throws out the window talk about <laughs> like dating a comic Right. Look at that. Look at that box. Well, that TV also weighs about like 70 pounds, so he's a <laughs> no, it's tank. All lead CRT. She's strong. She's a brute, dude. <laughs> Mace, dude. Look at the, look at fucking Mace. Like I just like So this, this is, is a fo- this is a follow up from last issue at the very end uh, Overlord uh, gets told about Mace and uh, mm-hmm. whatever this guy's name is, I think Blood Axe. Battle Bad Axe. Bad Axe. There you go. Addaxe. Oh, bad B A D. So this is so he's come to ask Mace to join the vicious circle and caught a mace for his trubs. <laughs> his trubs. <laughs> you see his axe flying. It's I love fantastic. Mace's uh, flared pants, like his old timey aviator pants or whatever. Right. Yeah, like the little weird jockey pants. Yeah. Mace dresses like a pervert. I just want to say. What's up I with feel the, like most it, 90 uh, It is a uh, weird costume with like the shoulders covering, but everything below the shoulders being visible. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a big slash right between like where his arms and his chest are. It's just a really odd design. Overall. Shoulders, shoulders were cold, arms were hot. That's how he had to dress. <laughs> Still looks badass to me. I love that. Oh yeah! Ball Listen, I'm chain. I'm teasing, but I I fucking love it too. It's great. Some great cartooning, great expressions. Uh, like the whole rapture, you know, dragon things, just comedy. And then of course, you know, here comes our man, uh, you know, Vanguard. And uh, does anybody feel like Wally's uh, kind of a dick here? Yeah. Uh, before we jump into a couple of things, I want to add. On sure. this little scene between uh, uh, Rapture and Dragon, which mm-hmm. I love this, and I think Eric does it a lot in the beginning issues, just the character building again, and mm-hmm. the fun. Like, I, my favorite things about Dragon are like the subtle jokes, um, or not so subtle jokes, and I love when he loads them up. So, like the whole Rapture whistling for the cabs, and like you know, <laughs> ten cab stop. It's kind of mm-hmm. it just you get a nice little chuckle out of that. That was funny, you know. What I mean, it's not something you had to really add in, but it again, it's kind of character building and just hilarious, you know. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, just them trying to have a dinner and 
dumbass vanguard beaming into the middle of the restaurant again. Just <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, he's about to get uh, electrocuted, too. Yeah, I love that. He's getting zapped and then walking back in the rest restaurant with, like, just the circle <laughs> hole in his nice suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good stuff, dude. Uh, of course, like, uh, yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. I think, like, the fucking cab gag is hilarious. Um, and... You know, again, lots of comedy character building. We, the important thing is, like, Van is just basically uh, establishing that, like, yo, uh, that was Lurch. Lurch got blown up in the tower. Right. Not Frank. And then, like, the foreshadowing of, like, I hope he's really gone because if he shows back up, you're screwed. <laughs> right. It's good stuff. I also love the scene where, like, you know, the Rapture and Dragon get the first, you know, their first kiss and she like just teases him, you know, like for, you know, in the beginning he was like, oh, I got to take it slow. And then, you know, they hook up and then she's like, all right, see ya. And he's like, what? <laughs> left blue balls. But it's a good thing. It's a good yeah. thing she took off because look at this splash. Yeah. This turn the page. Masterful. Beautiful, dude. Look at all those fucking shards of glass, dude. Fantastic. Fan fucking tastic. With that sound effect. Mm hmm. So good. Looks like a fucking nightmare to color. Color? <laughs> I can't believe he inked all these triangles. <laughs> Especially all the ones in the background. <laughs> yeah, that looks it like is- a bitch. It is worth noting that, like, you know, I mean, hey, these days that shit would be clip studioed. You you would make, like, a triangle brush and just stamp it out. So, like, yeah, man, it's really nice. Although, now that I look at this, there's some triangles that are not colored on Dragon's face and suit. <laughs> well, duh, they're, they're transparent. Yeah, they're uh, not reflecting light. Fair. That's fair. I'll forgive you. I'm looking at some of these the background shards, and I, I swear I think Eric is hidden like messages in them. <laughs> <laughs> Do tell. No, I can't find any. Just some of them kind of look like letters. Like, Wouldn't it be funny like if the, shard was like, just hidden in the background? Like the most obvious one is if you look at Dragon's uh, left knee on the right okay. s- right page, you mm-hmm. look just to the right of his left knee, you'll see some shards in the back background that kind of look like words. <laughs> But I don't think I they're see. words. I don't think so. Further down, see right the tr- if yeah. I see what you mean, though. Did you? How long did you stare at this before you started seeing words? <laughs> like a second ago. <laughs> because as soon as you start pointing it to it, I'm like, yes, yeah, dude, I see him. Was well, there's, there's a W below that? But it could just be two <laughs> shards of glass next to each other. Anyway. I love the touch of all, like, the, the little, uh, the guys running. The guys got the bunny slippers. <laughs> yeah, there's another guy hugging his teddy bear. Just a big dude. <laughs> hugging his little, and then another guy in his underwear. It's kind of good comedy. Good subtle comedy, you know. Yeah, that panel with Fiend's hand going into Dragon's face. Fan-fucking-tastic, dude. Fantastic. And the total no sell on the punch before that really sells it. Like, uh, just like Dragon looks pretty helpless at this point. <laughs> that's my beeper. Talking about technology dating a comic, that's yeah, my beeper. I'm needed. <laughs> beeper, dude. Beep, beep. <laughs> uh, that's good. It's very good. This is fake news before fake news. I just want to say Dude, this. I want to say that this guy in the background, the red striped pajamas, shows up in four panels. Like he is helping out in the background. <laughs> he's running. <laughs> he's at the exit. He's putting the fire out with a little fire extinguisher. It's good visual continuity that I wouldn't have paid attention to. Very nice. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta wonder, like, what the rest of the people thought when, like, they're like, oh my god, I don't believe it. And there's Debbie Harris's mom, like, kill him, kill him. <laughs> Do it. 
so good, dude. Yeah, I like uh, the fiend's asymmetrical eyes. Uh, I also like that basically, like his resolve is he loses his strength. You know, as, as Dragon makes sense, basically. And then we get to see again just a callback to him coming out of like uh, Doug's eyes. He's just like fucking, you know, just him exiting the dead body. Yeah, exiting the host. Because he breaks his neck after getting punched. Craig, your boy with the stripes is still putting out the fire on the next snap panel. <laughs> he is. He's going to town and then some firefighter in a big yellow jacket shows up. And the fiend is exiting uh, the dude's body. <laughs> it's good stuff. And then uh, we get throwaway dorks. Yeah, Both. assassin. It's his first appearance and death, but then he shows up in the savage world later <laughs> on and has a bigger role. Really? Awesome. Yeah. Yep, he's redeemed. Uh... Looking at the runner-up uh, contest, I think that the uh, dude that did Bast, B-A-S-T, ripped off Is that G- a G.I. Joe? Yes, dude. That's exactly what I was going to say. Ripped off yeah. the fucking G.I. Joe Bats. Yeah. Like, wait, wait. So the name of the G.I. Joe is, a, is Bats? No, yeah, it's, it's something else, isn't it? it? It's Battle Attack Trooper. I'm pretty wow, sure. Wow, they didn't even change the name. They didn't even change it. Bold. A bold and, theft. How about... And Eric probably has no idea oh, how God, funny no. would it be if that was selected and it was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my original character, uh, G, G.E. Joe. All right. <laughs> Just so we don't have to hear anybody correct it, it stands for Battle Android Trooper. And it's, uh, yeah, if you Google a bat, you'll <laughs> see that this bast didn't even fucking try. It's the same look and the same. Uh, it's ridiculous. All right. Well, have a little hologram on the chest in the toy or something. Yes, yeah, that's and and Bast has one too. Well, what about this uh, this Chamberlain guy? Could it get any more like Azrael type? Very. Oh wow, those are Azrael. Those are uh uh, uh a- not Azrael, but um Jean Jean Paul Valley Batman pants. Well, the ribbons, the the ribbons are very Azrael. Yeah. The, like the red the, ribbons, the metal claw thing. I don't know. It's just, yeah. I don't know what it is. I haven't looked at a picture of that character in a while, but it totally makes me feel like that. No, you're correct. That's a hundred percent correct. Yeah, he was just being nice when he said they're cool. They're pretty terrible. Those were all <laughs> every every one of those horrible, and uh, we see why those fellows' careers began and ended with the submissions that they made. Good job, Eric. You dodged a bullet. Um, this pinup is the fucking bomb.com, dude. Yeah, it's terrific. Who's the artist? Tell me out here. Is it Body Bags? Jason Howard? I thought Jason it Pearson? was, but it's not. It's not know. Jason Maybe Pearson? Maybe it is. Is that his signature? It says Jason. So, it? Oh, J-A-S-O-N. Yeah. It must be then. It has to be, right? I think so. It looks just like his art to me, so. Yes. Absolutely. Um, fellas, I got notes. Uh, issue Savage, issue eleven, Savage Dragon, and some meaty uh, letters. So I'm just going to hit my highlights, and then can we start off with the fake Mike Mignola letter? <laughs> yes. Well, actually, I'm going to start off with Eric is shocked by O.J. Simpson's case, as he is the inspiration for Frank. Oh wow! So, yeah, truth is stranger than fiction. And can you guess which O.J. Simpson role in particular? Uh, Naked Gun. Nordberg, dude. <laughs> so yeah, I think we were all shocked. Thirty-one-year-old uh, Eric. I think we were all shocked. Yeah, there's the fake Mike Magnolia art, which is completely weird. It's just weird that somebody would do that and go to the trouble to include <laughs> art. Uh. <laughs> but then, like, also too, again, talking about loving the letters as a time capsule. Eric goes, by the way, though, be sure to check out Mike's new book, Hellboy. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. His make a new character. I hope there are big things in store for him someday. <laughs> I feel like uh, that's a character that's going to be maybe a little popular one day. It's oh, like, wait. Yep. So this isn't, this isn't Hellboy. This is Dragon as Hellboy. No. It's Hellboy. 
No, because he's got a fin. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, no. It's not Hellboy. It's Savage Dragon. As, as, as a fake Mignola style. Right. Yeah, that's not even close. Mm-mm. <laughs> That's what that's what you'd draw if you were described Mike McDonald's art. Right. I'm going to run through these notes because there's a lot of them. Um, letters of interest. Uh, if it weren't for Super Patriot's flag on his face, Eric confirms, uh, it was an issue with his Marvel editor. And so Eric had to change the character. That is why Super Patriot got replaced with Cyborg X. Otherwise... Cyborg X would have been Super Patriot. So, right. thank thank God for the flag on his mask, right? Right. And I had never laid eyes on Cyborg X until this uh, letter, and I, I Googled it. It is like alternate reality Super Patriot. It's weird as shit. Well, it, I mean, I've read those issues before Savage Dragon, so I knew going in. There's an alternate reality Rapture there, too. <laughs> yeah, uh, her I've seen, but Power, I don't know I think, her name. I think Powerhouse, maybe? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Yep, you're right. I mean, um, you guys saw Eric's pitch for X-Factor, right? Yes, yeah. Where Horridus was going to be on it and almost, Cyborg X. Think about it. He almost gave Marvel Super Patriot and Horridus. It's just like, oh, damn. And they're such great characters. Like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Um, Darren Johnson is a 26-year-old man who's mad over Jimbo's cursing. <laughs> just just funny how far we've come uh, Augie is rooting for Anne and Dragon to hook up as an item it didn't pan out for you Augie I'm sorry uh, we well, got a reader well, it, it will it, I mean you know not in any kind of significant way come on Dragon didn't end up he'd smash her dude that's where that wound up um okay We'll get to it. All right. Um, A reader points out uh, the missing hand mistake that Eric made in issue 9, page 9. As you know, Dragon was not supposed to have his right hand, but he did. A reader says that his girlfriend looks like dung. (laughs) What? (laughs) He's like, uh, real casually, he's like, yeah, I'm with, uh, you know, my girlfriend. She looks like dung and just keeps going. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) what the hell Um, there's a meaty letter that uh, I think people who are looking back at this issue shouldn't skip it uh, just has uh, you know Eric commenting on the John Byrne Peter David image feud so that's worth looking at Uh, it's kind of funny to me there's a reader that's complaining about the uh, $1.95 price tag of image books compared to Marvel's $1.50 price tag so steep those 45 cents, man. Whew. Uh, we got our writer uh, named Ben Laughlin who theorizes that uh, Dragon got his blo- brains blown out before the miniseries. Hence Dragon's amnesia. His mind grew back, not his memories. Uh, pretty pretty accurate. Yeah. Pr- pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Uh, a fan asks for Virago, Savage Dragon number two, with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, crossover. Fan wants Virago to return. Eric says eventually... Of course, as we know, she only came back... Only took 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) She came back in 210 and then died in that issue. So, yeah, eventually is uh, pretty accurate. And then lastly, we close out the letters with the eventful letter of Eric's uh, getting a little praise from the writer of Daredevil who says he likes the Daredevil parody ad. Nice. One one thing that you... One letter you didn't mention, which I thought was interesting, was when uh, someone's, you know saying how cool uh, Jimbo was and uh, Eric responds Jimbo was not only a hit with the fans but with my fellow image creators as well several of whom have expressed interest in having him appear in their books as well don't be surprised if he shows up again in the future that is if Jason Merritt will let us use him that's kind of crazy yeah I wish it had happened (laughs) I, I wish it had happened also, uh, I didn't mention it, but since we're mentioning a little extra things, uh, it, this issue has the most wrong, wrong fin that ever was wronged. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that fin is crazy. Which one? Because there's two. The, the one in the back of the issue, for me, takes the cake. 
the very McFarlane-esque uh, art. That that black that one on the black and white oh, piece no. is also pretty pretty wild. Yeah, I think the black and white piece is even worse because I think it's like a single piece. It isn't even segment segmented. You guys think that that fin, which is admittedly bad, is worse than the crazy huge tall fin? I mean, yeah, I because it's crazy and tall and going in the wrong direction. It seems I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> well, there you go. That's it. Once again, there are so many letters. There are no ads in this issue. Crazy how many letters he's getting at this point in time. I love it. I fucking love it. Love these letters, dude. Such a time capsule. It's just funny to think, like, you know, again, just completely different, like, point of mind. Like, at this point, like, you know, like, Eric's like, yeah, there'll be video games. Yeah, don't worry, they're coming. And it's like... I've sold my soul soon enough. (laughs) Just He's like, all that, you know, the toys, the video games, they're coming. And it's like, no, they never will. They never will. There won't be a Halloween issue, dear reader. But there'll be a cartoon. There'll be a cartoon. And I, I, I bet there was a video game tie-in for that cartoon that just never materialized. And that might be what he was talking about. Unseen 64, find it. Find it. <laughs> find it for us. I think it's funny, uh, again, like Eric's, uh, just, I mean, since we're just sort of spinning our wheels here towards the end, Eric mentions his self-imposed rule of uh, when he's confronted about Jimbo's language. He goes, I've got a rule. He's like, it's self-imposed. He's like, I don't use language you can't say on TV. And what's funny is all these years later, in 2021, you can say fuck on TV and no one cares. Well, and he breaks his rule probably less than a few years later. Like the God issue and stuff. But he did put out two versions. So the God God is is good. Yeah, God is good. Well, I think that's uh, that's a retro in the can, guys. That's it for Savage Dragon 10 and 11. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you got uh, things you want to just say in regards to the retro or the Savage Fincast in general, you can send us emails at uh, savagefincast at gmail.com. You can find us on the uh, Facebook group. You can listen to us on fucking... Everything I think Jim's got us on like what Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Yeah, we're on everything now. Well, everything we're on. Or you can find us on iTunes, uh, Google Play, uh, Spotify, uh, Anchor FM, and we have uh, put put our YouTube uh, episode up as a YouTube video uh, every every episode. The other day, I saw a child playing with like a Jack in the Box. You know, do 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 do. I thought I was going to hear Monkey Chase the Weasel as they turned a crank. Instead, I heard the Fincast as they turned it. I was like, wow, good job, Jim. Got us on on everything, dude. Uh, An entire Fincast played out of a jack-in-the-box. That kid was so confused, he just kept turning that crank. It was like two hours later, and it came out. Raven, (laughs) you really shouldn't be watching kids turn the crank. For two hours? For two hours, especially. (laughs) All right. I'd assume two hours would be long enough for anyone to, you know, realize it was just morbid curiosity as to why there was a podcast coming out of a jack-in-the-box, but whatever. I'm getting in the weeds on this outro. <laughs> and with that? Yeah, you got to learn how to make the, the, the art of brevity, I think. Yeah, bye.